Hey guys, welcome to Carl Pooling. Today's episode is explicit. We're going to talk about some some sexual content. It's not too graphic, but if you're a kid, don't listen unless you're one of the good ones. Okay, that's all. This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs, as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Hunter, I, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even, I can't do the show. Until we listen to this clip. Literally nothing in the world... No, that's it. Nothing in the world is more important to me than this clip right now. You got my hopes up because I thought it was going to be the first Hunter Carl solo Carl pulling um, <laughs> that the fans have been dying for. Um, listen, listen. If we are in the business of giving the fans what they wanted, we would have stopped this show a long time ago. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but more importantly than that. More importantly than everything. Hunter, say anything. Anything. More important than that. Whoa. Is this clip right now. Just listen to it. Here we go. Okay. That shit about DeSantis, but that gas is here in Arcadia. In, in Arcadia. Now, I don't know why the rest of y'all, but it's here in Arcadia. So y'all know who we vote for. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why the rest of you motherfuckers. I'm voting for DeSantis. And I'm a Democrat. So y'all can call it what the fuck y'all want to call it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. So I think you understand what I'm getting at, right? Like this is, I want this man to be DeSantis's vice president. Right. DeSantis, DeSantis man, 2024. I love it. And of There's course, man DeSantis is not. DeSantis man. man. No, okay. no, no. De- DeSantis De- man. <laughs> Wait, is he DeSantis man or is the ticket DeSantis man? The ticket is DeSantis man because that's obviously Florida man. Yeah, that so. is Florida man. So his last name. Also... He's got this old school vibe that I just love. Can I tell you my yeah. favorite part of that clip, the part in, that endears me? And and here's here's the thing. We okay. we edited some profanity out of this clip, as I'm sure you can hear. If you want the whole clip, just email us. I'll send it to you. Because <laughs> it is amazing. And you should you should have it just like we have it now. Um my favorite part of the entire thing is at the end when he very genuinely apologizes to yes, the lady. For cussing in front like, of his kids. Yeah, she's like, we got kids out here. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I apologize. I'm like, you are the greatest human being I've ever seen. Doesn't he like curse like right after that, though, too? Like, it, it's like um, such a sweet, genuine apology that he follows up by like. I don't know. I think, it, I think it cuts off, but. Oh, uh, okay. Well, who knows? Regardless. God bless him. He's a yeah. what a what a sweetheart. Yeah, beautiful. So DeSantis man, twenty twenty four for sure, for sure. Can you imagine the vice presidential debates? Oh, oh no, Kamala is not prepared. She no, does not. Kamala, she does not have enough. I I smoked and I inhaled. Listen, <laughs> you were not listening to Tupac when you were in college. You ain't nothing more than forty years old. Oh, I man. just go in. I can't wait for man. Yeah. The presidential, it's like, it's just going to be too good. He's like, why are you here? He's like, 
because uh, there was gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyhow, I'm sorry, Hunter. We'll start the show. Okay. Welcome I- to Carpooling. It's a show mostly about giant fake breasts. No. Welcome to Carpooling. <laughs> Didn't see that in the show notes, but I- sure. <laughs> sure, Hunter, It's I literally guess. the background. <laughs> I, I set a custom background on all of our Word documents. It is the show notes. Ah, I'm. Ah. I li- re-listened to some of our episode from last week, and uh-huh. I was just like, "This show has taken an incredible hit in quality." There it is. The quality <laughs> of the news coverage, to be clear. I mean, that to it's the comedy is right, right where we've always wanted it. Yeah, but the the news coverage is really suffering. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll work on that. Eh, maybe, we, maybe we won't but there no carl pooling it's a show about religion philosophy art science politics you think it's important we talk about it and we do it in such a way so that you don't get to maintain your your occupation that being said today's episode it, we've got we've got a weird episode that it seems like most everybody agrees in fact yeah. i think there's only one person <laughs> on planet earth you will disagree with our our topic today and where it's coming from now some of the analysis buckle up that's gonna get testy but that is yeah in general the premise i think everybody's on the same page on this one which is nice yeah building bridges building bridges by having them ruin everything yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's really weird (laughs) when you tear down a bridge and then, like, suddenly you've got a perfect bridge. If you destroy a bridge <laughs> so perfectly yeah, that everyone comes out and says, well, that is a textbook bridge destruction. In a way, you've brought people together by yeah. burning bridges. That's Look, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's not what you would expect to happen, but there's a, it's the beautiful – that's the beautiful – wonderful poetry of the world is that sometimes yeah your bridge burning is so thorough that people can't help but ad- admire the embers i would say that this has happened you know with the situation between russia and ukraine except india and china kind of screwed that unis that unified stance up so you know they were like no 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 it's not a good bridge you know i hate i hate <laughs> this bridge being burnt down so exactly china yeah. china, china sucks and yeah. I I feel for India because I just I just think that they have such a struggling economy that they kind of need whatever deal that they can get. Yep, they it's have like, a lot of hurting people for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like you you if your buddy is like bootlegging DVDs, you're like, come on, dude, like just buy the movie. <laughs> it's it's ten bucks. But then if you're like you know you see like a Ugandan child bootlegging a DVD, you're like, I'll buy okay, five, buddy. I I hope you enjoy Finding Nemo eight. Like. I- <laughs> Just listen. Any escapism yeah. is probably good at this point. No doubt. No doubt. Hunter, I hope I'm not ruining the car- the roadkill here. Did you see Lizzo twerking with, with James flute. Madison's flute? Yeah, I did, and it 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 tore my heart asunder. I got um, a lot of a lot of thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Crack them and open. The first one, and I never thought I would say this in any connotation. Hmm. Lizzo could really play the flute. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. I had no idea she was so talented. Yeah. There's a video of her playing this crystal flute at the Library of Congress. Beautiful. And she's quite talented Mm -hmm. at that. 
which is, by the way, not what she's famous for. But she is, as far as flute playing is concerned, she's quite talented. Yeah. I mean, not like, she's not going to be like first chair at, at the Met Opera or whatever. I don't know exactly how snooty music works, but mm-hmm. but it, it was quite pleasant to listen to. I, oh, no. Oh, what? no. What? Have she I made would a- need at least two chairs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I wish that's where I was going with that, but it wasn't. It's not like she would be first and second chair. Oh, oh no! It's funny oh, because her, that's positivity. Her... That's fat positivity right there. You can't get mad at me. Yeah, well, look so... all the fun we're having. <laughs> uh, look, Oof. man, good. God, it, that's okay. So that's my first thought. Here's here's my second thought, and I, you know what? We might go down the rabbit hole right here, okay? For a second, did you watched both videos? Yes. Okay. If you if you haven't seen both videos of Lizzo playing James Madison's flute, okay. I got another thing. We'll stop the show for a second. Okay. What in the world was James Madison doing with that flute? Oh, uh, I don't. I, I had heard nobody had played it since it's been at the Library of Congress. I mean, I guess Madison was a flutist. I, I don't know. Or maybe well, he was just First of all, it's a flautist. Beyond. It's a flautist, Whatever. I mean, Come I'm on, not... We're a highbrow show here. Listen, I'm not French, okay? So leave me alone. There's a um, guy who's not going to be second through fourth seat at the Met. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, I guess maybe that's what he did. Like, I don't know. Like, Or he was just insanely rich and needed to... I, yeah, that's fun that's, together for his kids. When they were like James Madison's flute, I was thinking that they were going to have to get this thing out of a coffin. And yeah. they produced this Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Flute yes. <laughs> relic. You know, it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Different times. Like, I, the only rich, like, like expensive instrumentation that I knew of back then was carved out of a live elephant. So the fact that he had this, I don't know, hewn from, from the purest gemstones beneath moria is quite impressive to me right is yeah. it technically beneath moria or is that a middle earth faux pas who who knows what what is middle earth you tell me we're gonna have to have an episode one of these days where you just tell everybody all the stuff you know about about and, middle earth yeah that'd be great because in then fact, all the people who know everything about middle earth could tell me how freaking wrong i am i here's the everything. thing the, the, listen listen <laughs> that tail of the bell curve if they're yeah. listening to the show we want them to quit <laughs> that only bomb threats sit to the right of you on Yikes. the middle earth knowledge curve yeah okay yeah so so there's that there's also the the constant reminder that that her blood type is sausage gravy <laughs> here's the thing about the two videos if you haven't if you haven't watched them pause our show don't mm-hmm. leave it pause it don't close yeah. the application don't swipe up but go watch both videos start with the one where she's at the library of congress and then watch the one where she's she's wearing at her a, show, yeah. a see-through one piece built more window curtain and then come back go do that now pause all right welcome back in the first video, she proves herself very competent at the flute. 
In yep. the second video, do you notice when she blows on it and it vibrates like it's supposed to when you have a decent, I don't know what you would call it with a flout, a flautist, but when you have a good vibrato, she looks at it like she's surprised. Like yeah. she's playing for a group of morons like, oh, I'm being bad. Can you believe it does that? It's like, honey, you've spent thousands of hours, it sounds like, on the flute. Like I'm pretty sure you know what it does. Sure, yeah. It just yeah. seemed like the biggest pander. It was mm-hmm. so bizarre. Like, like she was as surprised as everyone else that a flute made noise. Right, yeah. It, yeah. I found that to be so bizarre. Yeah, strange. I, I don't even have anything that important to say about it. It's just, like, the inauthenticity of the entire act was was very, very off-putting to me. Mm. Mm. It, it'd be like if Slash picked up a guitar plucked a note and was like oh my god <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> yeah. slash is gay for this joke oh, my god. oh okay yeah can yeah. you that would explain the top hat though you know what i'm saying uh and I, the handkerchiefs sure yeah that it sounds and like why every... he's so mad at axel rose uh that those last guys one's better that, than everything else you said they've definitely had sex Carl pulling exclusive. I'm just call, <laughs> I'm calling it here. Okay. There's no um, way they haven't. They're scored lovers. Stay on target. Yep. Good point. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just I'm just I thought that was super strange. It's yeah. almost like she thinks her audience is so trashy that the very act of playing a flute is somehow somehow diragore or yeah. or naughty it's just it was very strange and then of course she has to shake her posterior assets oh while playing the flute yeah. which i hope they had a permit for that stage or maybe a flying buttress beneath her honey you know a lot about medieval architecture <laughs> <laughs> what can support and you're in the construction business what can support that kind of lateral weight shift uh probably like a couple of uh bungee cords really i'm talking about the shearing force of your standard musical stage yeah because i get the up and down pressure but the side to side force i mean that's gotta yeah. be that's something to deal with okay three okay <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to get technical about never, it never stand in one of hunter's buildings <laughs> do you guys uh, ever measure thing by the lizzo uh yeah Doesn't, uh as you in know, buildings? Yeah, yeah. If you're like trying to decide how much how much weight, like if yeah. you have to put a heavy piece of machinery somewhere other than the ground floor, <laughs> do you ever be like, Well, we're gonna have to have a two lizzo a two lizzo structural brace here yeah, to make our, sure that it doesn't fall through. Our structural engineer will just pull out the six uh bungee cords and hand them to us. Uh, <laughs> you're at a you're at like an uh, owner operator meeting and yeah. <laughs> the, the structural engineer walks in wearing a see-through a see-through one piece <laughs> you're like oh I've this guy's math. good <laughs> okay. oh no man oh, oh man no. all right we have too much fun uh yeah for so real. so hunter before before we get banned <laughs> from life i don't know too if, late. i don't know who runs that it's probably the the twitter one Oh yeah! Right. Speaking of which, Elon Musk back to buying Twitter. Yeah, said said maybe this Friday. That would be crazy. Make up your mind. All these rich people and their will they won't days. Yeah. Do you think that means that maybe he 
found out the data worked out or do you think he's just gonna do it just to do it just to get it over with well he actually said that it was in pursuit of building what he called the everything app which he has named x so i think he probably wanted to like i think he thought this isn't exactly the way i would have this go but i want to avoid the litigation and this is a stepping stone onto something greater anyway and what's 54 billion dollars to me yeah 44 i think uh regardless oh okay oh yeah i will say price was 54 that's right this concept of an application just called x horrifies me like just the everything app oh sure that's some that's some black mirror stuff as far as i'm concerned but it's like totally elon right like oh yeah yeah the boring company tesla cybertruck like i mean spacex have you seen the tesla the tesla humanoid robot that he just unveiled yeah i'm just not ready for the the speed at which we're approaching skynet and it's not yeah. even just skynet now it's skynet plus the chip in your brain plus neural everything yeah. app yeah it's just too much for me right now okay well that's okay I mean, when just, i when i can control my robot to come and punch you in the face uh remotely from my home <laughs> while my tesla goes and picks up my food and cooks my food uh you could just live in the past old man we're gonna so. record a lot more episodes okay <laughs> when you your robot can can remotely harass me for for procrastinating yes exactly That's so true. anyway i also like that he he took his little foray into politics as well we're gonna have to talk about that okay Sounds in good. the next couple of weeks probably probably something about russia and, and nukes regardless yeah. not today today is a different kind of day today is a less serious day and we're going yeah. to kick off the festivities with one of my favorites and yours, Hunter the Roadkill, if you will, darling. Yeah, so today's a special day. Um, I have two kills of the road. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so we didn't have our topic picked out, and so I had to go, I had to get the second one in here as well. But this first one is just great. Um, a lovely lady who is a nurse in the NHS, which, if you don't know, is the government agency that runs Britain's healthcare, right? Yeah, the true heroes, Hunter, as I like to call them. The true heroes. Uh, said and on TV in, in front of people, this is a nurse, a nurse, has this opinion, that if you vote conservative, you don't deserve to be resuscitated. So that that's where the world is at in Britain. So if Boris Johnson... Ne- Finally lives his dreams and chomps into that blood sausage <laughs> massive bite and <clears throat> and there's only liberal nurses around. Poor guy's not gonna get a Heimlich. Honey, I wanna be I wanna just be totally clear. She said you don't deserve to be resuscitated, or she didn't think it was physically possible to resuscitate them. Because you don't. I guarantee you this when <laughs> When Gary Busey, I'm sorry, not Gary Busey. Who's the prime minister? Well, it was Boris Johnson, but it's Boris not, Johnson, it's right? That, trust, not, yeah, yeah, of course. But when Boris Johnson dies, when his heart stops, there will be no restarting it. He has, he has fair. all of the cocaine and lack of shampoo to just pay that directly forward. He's going to yes. live all his life now, and the second that thing stops, just forget about ever trying to restart it. But you're saying that she said you don't deserve to, not that it would be a physical and medical miracle. Yes. Uh, look, 
just never never let this this side tell you that they're the side of yes of tolerance love tolerance love peace and decency ever again yep when you hear that you're like oh that sounds like a pro-abortion monster to me like like that's perfectly in line when you think that people that you disagree with who who make your life difficult by making you think about things that don't conform to your insipidly narrow overton wins window mindset when when those people say hey we should kill babies in the womb because it might be inconvenient for me you're like oh okay that makes perfect sense when you're the party of don't resuscitate people that disagree with my politics what a crazy thing to say absolutely crazy um if there was justice in the world through the actions of no no individual okay spontaneous combustion (laughs) yes just Oh, no. I don't, yeah, I'm not. That's not a call for any type of violence. You're right. I don't think anybody should commit any violence. Of course, it's crazy and, you can say something like that. And though, if it's she was wild. dying, I would resuscitate her, and yes. I would I would promise not to just fake it when I'm doing like that. Ah 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 ah, staying alive, doing the chest compressions. Yeah. I wouldn't be like just bending at the elbows and retract like and not moving. Any, I would actually try and resuscitate her. That's so kind of you. Um, and also but the right decent thing it. to do. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. But there's more. I uh, also want to. I do want to point out one thing, Hunter. Uh huh. She's a part of the the NIH. NHS. NHS. NIH. Is NIH that, is uh, ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NHS, National Health Service in Britain. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything over there. So was that not just her trying to follow the British policy of having it's absolutely terrible health care? It's a fair point. Um, yes. More research, I think. More research. Is we'll good. research that one a little bit more. Because that <laughs> uh, might have just been her way of saying we'll provide them the same standard of care that we would provide anyone else. Not to be outdone by our just tyrannical forefathers across the sea. Mm-hmm. A gay couple is suing New York City for not being allowed to use taxpayer dollars to fund their uh uh surrogate what <laughs> so essentially these guys uh wanted to they one of them is a government worker and they wanted to have their own children which of course is complicated if you're a gay couple right there's there's a there's more yeah. hoops it, it, there's more hoops yeah I'd like and to so, retract that statement. There's actually one less incredibly important hoop to jump through. <laughs> one, yes, that's fair. And so they were going through their insurance, and their insurance wouldn't let them because technically none of them had experienced infertility as a prerequisite. Mm. And so now they're suing New York State because it's a bigot for not allowing them to use taxpayer funds to fund another woman getting pregnant as her surrogate essentially that is <laughs> did nobody tell them like <laughs> I, <laughs> it's hard for me to feel sorry for you and that's like one of the main things <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like one of the benefits for most of these guys yeah for know? most people because it's yeah. awkward having your kid around when someone shows up like is this where we're gonna have the orgy wearing a leather mask and an x <laughs> oh, across no. their chest it's weird to be like oh, oh no. honey go to sleep go up to <laughs> oh, your room no. okay make sure to knock before coming out like that's so 
most of them are totally accepting of that but that it's amazing that that's a human right now <laughs> yeah yeah it, if a patriarchy cra- exists that's it <laughs> that is the most the, the most yes handmade self thing i've ever heard two dudes being together just like we should we should get these i mean we should have one of these ones to get pregnant for us for free yeah we shouldn't even have to pay for that yeah somebody else might but like it's absurd they're just chattel why can't the government pay for it well isn't there a woman being president or pregnant subsidy in the article that i read there's literally like a uh hands-made woman hands may tell woman like in the in the picture so you're hitting the nail on the head it's just it's bizarre it, it it's crazy that people would think they're entitled to this um you know it's 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 just amazing it's just yeah. absolutely amazing there's no better word for it so yeah, the government should pay for us to to mechanically knock up some broad you know and like just adopt you could do that you know so Ado- or- adopt what though a child i'm not for it okay fair start with the terrier work your okay. way up work we'll your talk. way up get experience yeah that's that's absolutely crazy that's what? absolutely crazy good good and on the other hand i do want you to drain new york of all of its money so that it can't continue do to exist as a state so uh, i guess i'm uh, in the final analysis i'm a 50 50 fair enough fair enough okay so Onto the topic of the show today. Yeah, well, that was incredibly prescient. It's almost yeah. like you knew, Hunter. It's almost like you knew. We're going to be talking about something very similar, and I'm sure the the eagle-eared among you can already assume we're going to talk about the the box office belly flop. Yeah, warm homicide that is. <laughs> Billy Eichner's rom-com bros. Yeah. There's so much to discuss. There's there's so many different facets and different angles. Let's just start with an initiation for the uninformed. Bros is a rom-com, but not exactly. Because unlike most rom-coms, it is starring Billy Eichner, and it centers around a gay couple. And instead of the gay couple deciding whether or not they're going to go steady or whether or not they're going to get married, which is the typical traditional rom-com, this gay couple is deciding whether or not they are going to quit banking other men for three months' time. So that's that's the pitch. One of them is a podcast host. Uh-oh, Hunter, I... Th- I might have just told on us, Hunter. Oh no, they they no. Um, one of them one of them is a podcast host. The other one is a lawyer, I believe. We're safe. Yeah, and they they <laughs> they are mitigating this relationship where where they effectively find each other attractive, and then because the physical attraction is so intense they want there to be an emotional connection and neither of them are are ready for that because apparently that's not the type of relationships that they pursue Mm -hmm. so it is a really 
interesting reimagination of the rom-com for only the reason that it differs so wildly from the traditional heterosexual rom-com mm, mm-hmm. and then there's the the hilarious fallout from it so long story short this thing absolutely bombed yes like we're talking about making back a percent of its budget which is kind of amazing in yeah. its opening week so hunter why don't you why don't you set the stage for us what do you what do you think this is indicative of where where did your brain go when you first saw about the the high dive belly flop of bros <laughs> you know i think it's this there you know this makes sense that you know for a long 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 time right like to engage in homosexual behavior was taboo right it was against the grain it was something that you did quietly or was against the law in a lot of places right it was the rebels and the artists the oscar wilds that did this activity right and so that what's interesting about american culture now is and this is not the first time i think this has ever happened in history but it we've become much more accepting of that lifestyle and that choice and you know one of the things that we were told in the marketing of making this lifestyle more mainstream is that love is love right that that people want to be with people and that people love people and that that personal relationship that you experience with your spouse well sometimes you know gay people have that same thing right mm-hmm. and lesbians have that same thing and so why not give them the opportunity to call themselves married and let them get together and so that's kind of that cultural shift in america that's kind of where we're at today the interesting thing about bros is it seems to be a period piece in um gay culture in america and a lot of things too uh they're the movie centers around them opening an lg uh bq btq uh, btq museum plus ia right uh museum and there's a bunch of pdq okay uh museum arp yep 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 got it okay plus okay (laughs) good divided by sine infinity okay Yep. Okay. Divided by infinity. Rainbow. Okay. Rainbow emoji. Unicorn emoji. Poop emoji. Nice. Poop nice. emoji. Poop emoji. Poop emoji. No eggplant. Okay. Fine. And so eggplant emoji. <laughs> there it is. Water drip emoji. Okay. Go Great. Ahead. Great. Um. So there's there's several different um, members of that group uh, involved in that building that museum and in that culture zeitgeist is happening in this um, film, right? And the thing is, it's basically saying, no, gay people have different sexual relationships and commitments to people than heterosexuals do. And right. you kind of scratch your head and you go, right, right, of course well, they do. Well, obviously, obviously they do. And that's, that, okay, so not only is that an indirect assumption of the film, which, by the way, might be the only good take Billy Eichner's had about this entire process, is that mm-hmm. there's a substantive difference in both the the methods and procedures and 
quality of heterosexual and homosexual relationships. They make this point directly in the movie. I mean, this is this movie, I'm not going to say it's like oppressive to heterosexual people, but it is it is antagonistic to a heterosexual lifestyle. For one, it was an entirely homosexual crew, which by the way, the last time there's been a movie with a, a 100% heterosexual crew, well, I don't think that movie probably ever existed. Even back in the olden days of Hollywood, I don't think that that ever existed. Mm. That now, in addition to that, there is there is lines in the film that directly talk about this. There's a line where someone says, ja, do you remember straight people? Yeah. And someone replies, and this is just from the trailer, to be clear, because there's we're not gonna watch this film. Because uh for well, like for a variety of reasons. One, it's mm-hmm. mildly pornographic. That's probably like the biggest one too. It seems like a really bad time. But there's lines in the film like, Oh, do you remember straight people? And somebody replies, Oh yeah, they had a good run. Like, this is intended to be a post-heteronormative comedy, which is a, a, yep. is a fine goal. Like, I, I think that that's a f- fine idea for a film. You know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. go f- fill your boots. I, I think you missed the mark here a little bit. But they're, they're not in contention with that point. They're obviously talking about all the queer stuff is at odds and necessarily separate from the straight stuff. Mm. Okay, fair premise. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's a little strange and I think I think because of that well, why why didn't people go and see the movie, right? You know, it it wants it has this mess message that it wants to get across. It has this thing it wants to say. But why do people not go and see the movie? Is it anything to relate with that? Well, uh first and foremost is that type of relationship that promiscuity isn't how most people live their lives Mm -hmm. right most people don't relate to that um which is obvious most people are heterosexual most people uh because of that relationship dynamic find themselves in committed relationships or at least in long-term relationships with people and not having orgies right yeah or anything like that let's not make any bones about it here this is not every couple this isn't every heterosexual couple is is celibate every Mm -hmm. homosexual couple is is engaged in these this massive non-monogamous orgy right on average gay men especially are far more promiscuous than heterosexual people period yeah that's that is on the average true uh and in addition to that if only because women are involved yeah, like, well, women will women will beat the tar out of you for doing stuff like that, right? Well, they'll try, but <laughs> okay. they're pretty slow and pretty weak. So okay. we'll see how successful they are. But Fair. <laughs> at any rate, uh, I don't know why we taught them to drive. Huge mistake. Anyhow, Huge mistake. The, the, but there's a there's an actual biological imperative here, and it's that mm-hmm. heterosexual couple, couples have the possibility of child rearing when sex is involved so yeah. if you have a man and a woman you add sex in there's always the potential for childbirth and so women don't want to just find themselves pregnant at the drop of every available hat so they're more sexually selective than men are and there's an extensive amount of literature on the subject by the way if you're interested because yeah. women are sexually selective, they necessarily force the species to be less promiscuous than men would be on their own. Because for men, there's very little risk 
especially in an uncivilized society towards sex you can deny you can leave what is a woman gonna do it's her word against yours she can't force you to pay child support that's a very modern invention let's say and then mm. in addition to that there is the idea that she there there is a woman who wants to provide a good life for her her child and a man who wants to provide a good life for any child that he has so when child rearing is on the table there is this necessary commitment built in to the sex act which is basically saying hey there's a chance that what we're doing right now means that we're stuck together for the next i don't know at a minimum 15 years let's say and so we have to we have to at least be committed enough to each other to to allow for that um and the woman's always thinking along those lines more or less until very recently with the invention of of modern birth control but regardless yeah there's an evolutionary biological reason that that is the case Mm -hmm. i'll also point out and just say one other thing here throughout history it is uh, men and women have cooperated together to survive we both relied on each other women mainly relied on men for defense and protection where men relied on women for their amazing miracle of childbirth and child rearing Mm -hmm. we needed children to survive most people in in ages past would not survive without children and they had many many children because many of their children didn't make it Mm -hmm. but their children were workers they were helpers they were assistants they ran the farm and fed fed you when you were too old and too ill so like it the the monogamous heterosexual unit was actually necessary and life preserving across many many cultures yep. across all cultures in ages past and so i it's i, I say that to say homosexual that's been born right like it's right it's, it's absolutely necessary well and then there, yeah that's the greater argument I'm, I'm saying not only is it necessary for the perceived continuation of the species yeah which it, it, but it was incredibly necessary even tactically for your own survival mm-hmm. that you engage in the art of reproduction so I'll just say that this heterosexual lifestyle, and that's why you see it at the at the tips of decadent societies, like like the Greek society and the Roman society and the early American society, with, with at the tip of that decadent and elegant lifestyle, like Oscar Wilde, like you mentioned, it and you know there was there was uh, even sayings back in Rome was like women are for children, but but romance is for the boys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, this kind no. of like, well, these, yeah. these utterly decadent things to say, but for the yeah, average yeah, yeah. person, it was the, the homosexual lifestyle was simply impractical. It, yeah. it wasn't financially or economically valid. So I want to keep in mind that this do as thou wilt mindset when it comes to sex has been and, and child rearing is a fairly modern phenomena. It you we used not to have the excess so that it was a choice. It had a lot more to do with duty and a lot more yeah. to do with, with uh basic survival. So anyway, a little bit of an aside, but there is a there is a functional and substantial difference between the two types of relationship on the average. Yeah. And it's not just bigotry to say no love is not love. Well, and this film seems to make that argument itself from the pro side of it, right? right. It seems to yeah, say, exactly. like, this is good, natural, this is where society has come, this is how these people interact with each other. And, well, it's not common is the problem. And so if it's, like, 
if I do a movie about uh, a kid making mud pies, um, it's probably a lot more interesting if I do that movie than if I do an amoeba being an amoeba in a petri dish. Right, you can connect with it. You know what it's about. You know what that kid is doing. You know how his fingers feel because you've made mud pies before in the past. And so, like, there, there's a little bit of a disconnect with some of this in the movie. And, um, well, think about the people that go see movies. Kids, do you want to take your kids to see this movie? No, not really. Um, do you, you know, would guys like to go to see this? You know, if they're gay, probably yes. Um, you know, guys like looking at uh, attractive women. Uh, there's not going to be that many people in a uh, romantic comedy for homosexual males. Um, and the real stickler here is, you know, the demographic for romantic comedies is not men, it's women. And a romantic comedy without women in it misses what women find interesting about romantic comedies. Yeah, and so absolutely. It's a misalignment in um, in the target demographic of the genre itself, mm-hmm. right? And so, no wonder it flopped, right? Well, you, you're. It's also very. It's very telling about, let's say, the T part of the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. X Y. No, I'm just kidding. About the agenda in general, because there's this idea that male and female are just, yeah, relics of a biology that is part of our ancestry and not part of our future hegemony, let's say. And we can simply discard them, recreate them, remake them. Everything is fungible. We'll remake, we'll remake sex and gender into our image here in the 21st century. And so when, when you look at this, when you look at the romantic comedy through this lens, that biological sex is just a, a replaceable widget that we can, we can exchange with any other replaceable widget, then why wouldn't a romantic comedy be about two guys, two guys work? And it's just like, well, yeah, obviously this is an empirical refutation in a certain sense to that idea. No, this movie had no audience. Girls don't want to see it. Heterosexual guys don't want to see it. I don't even think all the homosexual guys want to see it, even though it got reviewed somewhat favorably among the critics. Like it's like a, 90% 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 6.4 on IMDb. And the user score is just abysmal across the board. So part of it is that it's a bad movie, and part of it is that there's no... This is not a, a typical demographic. Yeah. Not only... It's another movie that just insists on being political instead of yeah. being a good movie. Exactly. Right? And and it's like it's obvious from the start. And, you know, one of the things that happens in the trailer, Christopher, that I found so interesting is... There's a bisexual man sitting at a table saying that it's bisexual week or something like that, and nobody has said anything about it. Nobody's made a big deal about it. And then a... I can't imagine. Yeah, and then a lesbian woman sitting next to him says, you know, well, Lesbian Appreciation Month was in March, and nobody said anything throughout the month of March. And the bisexual man goes, see, lesbians get a month. Like, how unfair is that? We only get a week, right? And like... Here, here's the thing. That's funny. It's pretty funny because that argument goes back to the obnoxious, uh, obnoxiousness of everybody getting a freaking holiday, everybody getting a month, everybody getting a week, everybody getting in a day. You know, there's national whatever day, right? And it's mm-hmm. and it's funny. 
imagine a conservative making that joke. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine somebody saying that in in not necessarily an unfriendly way, but just commenting on the absurdity of how everyone has to be special by however they decide to sleep with other people. Right. Right. And it's not funny when you do it like that because the mob is going to get onto you for being a bigot. Right. But it's fine if they get to make the comments of themselves and poke at themselves and kind of, and who is themselves anyway. Right. Like the, the bisexual and the lesbian don't necessarily have a lot in common. Right. Except they both like girls and one of them also doesn't <laughs> like girls. Right? right. And so, and so it's like, it's doesn't just like very, guys. although at that yes. point it's very hard to tell. So I understand you're confused. Sure. Appreciate it. But do you, but I hope I'm making sense. It's just that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. That, that is going to, that is going to hit people the wrong way every time. Well, right? okay. And let's talk about that because I, I think, I think you're really onto something there, but before we jump to, to, an article in the in the LA Times that I think is completely revelatory mm-hmm. that we're going to look at. L- let's just let's just try and get inside the mind of somebody who would write the joke about oh lesbians get a month, bisexuals only get a week, right? That right. is poking fun at how tired the the sexual identity Olympics and intercompetition is. Yep, and then makes this movie. Like you understand that the internecine warfare between the the different gender identities is laudable, and yet you mm. still make this film. It's just it it is it's its own lampoon. Tone death, yeah, right. And it's fine to be self aware, but when you are self aware in a way that you you don't allow other people to also engage in the mirth, to also engage in the laugh. Because let's talk about who Billy Eichner is. Well, Billy Eichner is a guy who belittled basically all of Christendom, said, we're making this movie bros about uh, gay dudes engaging in an uh, amazing amount of copulation so you can leave your your patriarchal Bible stories and, and uh, heteronormative fiction and, and drama alone for a while he's that kind of person he's also said that if you voted for trump he doesn't want you to come see his movie Mm. like this is this is who this guy is and so if if you're the only one who can point out the foibles on your own side well for one you're the most insecure person on planet earth we'll get into more of that later billy but also you are you are not laughing with us you're not laughing with us and by the way when people aren't laughing with you they're not laughing. And and I think that's a, a good segue to transition to this article from the LA Times because it is it's kind of a crazy hilarious article. I'm gonna read a couple different parts of it. Yeah, the headline it. is Why did Billy Uh I'm sorry, no, this is the wrong one. That's from Variety, Los Angeles Times. Here we go. Commentary. Colon. Which I think it's funny that in a article by a gay guy about a gay movie they included no. the colon. No. <laughs> The real lesson Bad. of bros, a second colon. You can't write this. You can't make this up. <laughs> Two colons, it's like that's the whole point. Oh, my God. It's okay to let gay art bomb. I want you to know, Hunter, that I had not written that joke until just then. <laughs> I know. I know how your brain works. That is okay? the hellscape of my mind. 
<laughs> so the the author who's Matt Brennan, who who later tells us a little bit about his own demographics, uh, we'll get into that. Starts the piece off. I didn't want to write this piece. I didn't want to diminish quote the first major studio movie written by and starring a gay man, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I didn't want to attack Billy on the star of Billy on the Street, but Billy Eichner forced my hand. And this is the most telling quote. No one wants to support a movie at the point of a bayonet. Wow. And he points out the Variety article. He says, with, when a movie with a $22 million budget only recoups $4.8 in its opening week, which, by the way, this movie isn't going to play in China. This yeah, movie is not won't. made for an international audience. Maybe a yeah. couple places in Europe. But this movie will not have broad international appeal. Mm-hmm. It means that there's plenty of LGBTQ viewers that didn't show up to see the comedy either. And even though it has glowing reviews, etc., from Rotten Tomatoes and a great cinema score, this movie failed to attract attention. And the author comments on this, this line that Eichner said when he's like, I realized I was making the first gay major budget rom-com and here i find myself at the center of it and then the the author kind of loses the thread and gets a little screedy and was like no uh we're still counterculture we're still counterculture that's the whole point (laughs) why don't you understand we're still counterculture which is both right and and protesting way too much you understand what i'm saying yeah 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 but it's weird to say your counterculture would like every when like levi's has like jeans with rainbows on them right like are you you know, it's strange. It's almost well. I guess that's the other thing is like Levi's and all that nonsense is not necessarily. It's it's almost like support for, you know, the the rainbow is what yeah. is cultural. You know, anyway. It, exactly. But, well, you're not wrong about that. But not the lifestyle. The lifestyle. The life. Most people's lifestyle is heterosexual, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. read these two paragraphs and then be done with this article. But sorry for interrupting. Yeah. No, it's good. It's often said, of course, that we dislike in others that which we most dislike in ourselves. And it's impossible to see bros, its arrogance, its failure, its enlightened intentions and benighted outcomes without feeling implicated in it. I am of Eichner's generation, or close to it. Of his race, his gender, his sexuality, his industry, his city. I am the person meant to see myself in bros, to be, quote, represented by it, to celebrate the, quote, milestone it marks. I am, in the sense of the term that suggests affiliation, his, quote, type, and he mine. I am reasonably sure after seeing the film twice that I have woofed at his shirtless torso on Scruff in Los Angeles. So, this guy isn't just a little bit gay. He's woofing at torsos gay. I don't know how gay that is, but imagine. And yet, despite the affinities Eichner and I share on paper, no. Because of the affinities we share on paper, I recoil at bros. Squandered privilege bristle at its star's attempt to hide its shortcomings behind the veil of homophobia. After all, if the film believes in the progress it celebrates, that of setting our own terms of deciding for ourselves, then it must earn the support it seeks and not merely expect it. Boom. That's that's Michael. Was it Michael Brennan? Matt Brennan. Sorry, Matt Brennan over at the Los Angeles Times. Let's unpack that for a second. First of all, how in the world does a piece like that exist in the Los Angeles Times? Yeah. But Matt Brennan tells us in a certain way. Matt is like, not only am I the demographic for this movie, but I'm also going to try and hit on Billy Eichner during the piece. Right. (laughs) But 
it is it's insane and and pervasive sense throughout the film that it deserves the attention that it deserves your laughter that it deserves your dollars that put him off and that's exactly what you're saying about the joke mm-hmm. if we it's not a joke anymore when you are foisting it upon people it's not a joke anymore when you're allowed to make it and everybody has to laugh but nobody else can make that joke nobody who i disagree with can make that joke you're just being tyrannical and the the bully pulpit of the lgbtq uh, community is even annoying the journalists now which you really know you're dead when you've gotten to the point of annoying an la times journalist because can you even imagine (laughs) it's rough yeah but but it's a it's a great point. This mm. this film was was demanding your laughter. This film was demanding your dollars and its entitlement is its downfall. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. It's like you have to come. Right. Because otherwise support this. otherwise you're a bigot. Yeah. Yeah. That's the argument that Billy kind of made like explicitly and then he references in that article as well. Let's talk about that then because this then uh, so the movie sucked. The movie yep. sucked by every available metric other than these incredibly out-of-touch critics giving it high marks because it, it showed they Because it felt perversion. like they had to. Yeah. And, and, and to be clear, um, I, don't, I don't watch things with gratuitous, with gratuitous heterosexual copulation Same. in them. I don't. Yeah. It's perversion. It's perversion, yeah. in my opinion, and and I'm not saying that nu- you can't watch a movie with nudity in it, and I think that there are times, absolutely, it's obvious that there's times when nudity enhances art and is done for creative and meaningful purposes. I'm not a prude about it at all. I am. But but Hunter is. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you know there's a difference between nudity and, pro- and pornography, and it's pretty, it's pretty clear. There's, there is amazing classical art that contains nudity in it uh like the venus de Milo, and no yep. one would ever say that's pornographic but yep. but then you watch some of the scenes in the trailer for bros and it's clear or you yep. watch megan the stallion trying to wrestle her way out from under lizzo and you're like obviously well i'm not sure what that is actually but that's that's the someone helper you understand the point i'm not i'm not a prude when it comes to art and i i I do my best not to be engaging in any type of shallow moralizing because heaven forbid there's a tit but if i wanted that i'd just go to school in canada but there there is straight up you know creatively covered orgies in this film there's people wearing fetish kit at dance clubs there's a scene where these two guys the two main stars who are supposed to be engaging in the romantic comedy are so put off by the fact that they want to form a connection with another human being that they invite two other dudes over to engage in some type of some type of um fellatio quadrilateral so that they don't have to think about the fact that they're they're becoming committed to each other by the way <laughs> i'm gonna put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode you just can't discuss this topic matter without without being perverse i suppose but it there's there's it's full of this sexual liberation post monogamous clap trap 
It's so entitled. It's so egregious. There's no audience for it. Women don't want to watch men do that. Most men don't want to watch men do that. And then Billy Eichner's at the middle of it, the entitled king himself. Last night, I snuck in and sat in the back of a sold-out theater playing Bros in L.A. You're the reading audience, a tweet from Billy? Yeah, I'm going to read his whole tweet thread. Sorry if that wasn't okay. clear. Yep. The, the audience howled with laughter start to finish. Okay, bud, relax. <laughs> burst into applause at the end okay all right put it away and some were wiping tears away as they walked out okay that didn't happen you've you've aoc'd yourself no one believes you but it was truly magical really i am very proud of this movie rolling stone already has bros on the list of best comedies of the 21st century i will note that we are only 2.2 percent into that century but regardless one of the best What's also true is that at one point, a theater chain called Universal and said they were pulling the trailer because of the gay content. Brackets, Universal convinced them not to. America, F yeah, etc., etc. That's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores, and A cinema score, etc., straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. That's disappointing, but it is what it is. Everyone who, all caps, isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see Bros tonight. You will have a blast, and it, bold, is special and uniquely powerful to see this particular story on a big screen. Especially for queer folks who don't get this opportunity often. I love this movie so much. Go Bros! Three exclamation points, heart, rainbow. Lot to unpack here. First of all, you protest too much, my friend. When you have to tell people over and over how amazing your film is Mm. that is it's you're just a liar (laughs) like you you obviously aren't confident in the thing that you're saying Mm. just like the reviewer from the la the la times matt you are forcing us to like your movie at the tip of the spear yep and you make that explicit when you say everybody that isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see bros tonight. So if you don't go and pay for a ticket to my movie, it can't be a difference of opinion anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're actually a homophobic weirdo. Yeah. You're, you're a recidivist flyover bigot. If you don't go support my film. Well, there was a, I think they are having like a heterosexual challenge to go see bros. So the idea being is that you were supposed to, this is like a social media campaign where you're like, you're literally supposed to like, Hey babe, we're going on a date tonight. What if we go see Brobes? Cause Billy Eichner told us to barf barf. Exactly. That's, that's just so stupid. It's, uh, I, it's, it's sad. It's pathetic. I also want to say this whole bit that he plays out where he's like, uh, this this theater chain set called Universal and said that they were going to pull the trailer because of the gay content, mm-hmm. but Universal convinced them not to. And then he says, "That's just the world we live in. A lot of straight people didn't show up for Bros, especially in certain parts of the country." It's like, right, dude. One of these major theater chains who is in the business of putting on anything that will attract eyes and sell seats is already saying this is going to be so off-putting to our audience that right. we would rather not promote it. Yes. And and had yeah. to be forced into promoting it. You mm-hmm. know, no strong-armed into pr- promoting it by Universal, which is a much bigger company than any theater chain. Let's yeah. just be clear. You already knew that this that there was no audience for this. You already knew that it was offensive and that it was 
it wasn't going to play well in Peoria. You already knew. And yet, now you're super surprised that no one's going to see it? Like, the market already tried to tell you, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. how entitled can you be to get that kind of wake-up call? And instead of going, you know what? I believe in the movie. I'm going to... I'm going to make it anyway. It's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to be for most people, but I believe in the story, et cetera. And just move on with your life and know that you're doing something that's countercultural. Now, you can think it's countercultural because culture hasn't caught up yet. And if that was your take, I'd say that you're crazy. But is is against the, I think it's countercultural because it'll never be a part of the culture because this isn't the general human experience, period. Yes. But, but you get that, that insight from the market and you still go well it must be bigotry mm. it must yeah. it must be just insane bigotry it, it's so perverse. especially from those people in certain parts of the country yeah well that that really sells it doesn't it it does it really does and anybody saying that this isn't political well the person who created just said it was political right so. explicitly so you can't really get away with that one and uh, then there's this tired old stuff that like it's so powerful to watch what i made for the gay community up on the big screen shut up so so obnoxious so what should you go watch this weekend instead of rose you know sometimes with art we're like hey you know what we got to do we got to make like this really really impactful christian movie where like they pray a lot and they score a bunch of touchdowns Hell. Um, I think we call it Jesus football or something. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Come okay, on, great. brother. But, and that's good. But you know what I really miss from the theater? No. I really miss movies. I miss movies that are not trying to be superheroes. I miss movies that are not trying to be a political statement. I miss, I miss movies that are trying to just be Oscar bait. And... That is why, friends, go see See How They Run. It's not, it's probably not doing great. It's probably not the best movie you've ever seen, but it's a truly enjoyable whodunit that has clever cinematography, clever acting, clever writing, and it is a movie. It's a celebration of art for art's sake and the human spirit and how we make it through our lives and it doesn't want to tell you to vote for Trump and it doesn't want to tell you to vote for Biden and it doesn't care what your sexual orientation is. It wants to entertain you. That's so true, Hunter. Gay people get murdered just as good as straight people. That's right. Everybody gets murdered the same. Everybody gets murdered the same. Well, I do want to, I do want to focus in there for just one second, Hunter, because I think, I think you're entirely right. By and large, I think Hollywood has forgot how to entertain. Forgot yes. how to entertain. We yeah. were we were out at the theater, uh, the four of us, two heterosexual couples, uh, and we went to see Moon Age Daydream, which is mm. this very creative biopic of of David Bowie's life. Incredibly gay film. Can I just say yes. one of the gayest films I've ever seen? Yeah, and yeah. Be- because because David Bowie was a guy who engaged in a, in a lot of homosexual intercourse. And wore a bunch of incredibly homosexual costumes. He was a real artist. 
he was an artist that, in my opinion, was not ever chasing commercial success. In fact, he had to tear down and rebuild his career at least three times to ever to to satisfy his wanderlust for for the next the next artistic interpretation, the next thing, the thing that hadn't been done before. Mm. There was a difference, though. David didn't care if you liked what he was doing or not. Yep. Second to that, he wasn't asking you to be him. He wasn't yep. asking you to sign off on it. He said, come take a look at the weird world that I've created for myself to inhabit. Mm -hmm. But there was no pressure for you to be David. It, it was yep. so interesting. We watched this whole, and this isn't every artist, but we watched this whole movie full of his interviews. And I've, I'm a consumer of David Bowie. I always have been. I've watched more of his interviews than even were, on, were in Moon Age Daydream. And I knew the full context of a lot of the interviews in Moon Age Daydream. But he never... It says to the audience, you should come do drugs and have sex with me. Now, mm. he said that to select members of the audience. Look, and you <laughs> you guys know who you are. But <laughs> but that wasn't his pitch. His pitch was, I'm an artist. I'm doing things that are outside the norm. I'm breaking taboo. And enjoy enjoy the way it looks or don't. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Billy Eichner, on the other hand, is a hack. He's not an artist. He's somebody Correct. that's saying if you don't validate my interpretation, then you're you the you, you're morally beliefs. benighted. Yep. And the truth is, he's the morally benighted one. And here's right. the here's the big takeaway. There will never be a successful gay rom com that ascends to the heights that a heterosexual rom com ascends to. There is not a moral equivalence between heterosexual sex and homosexual sex. There's not a moral equivalence between heterosexual relationships and homosexual relationships. And I'm a guy that is perfectly happy for there to be homosexual marriage and homosexual activity. I don't care. I don't care. But I do know this, that as, as a moral species, child rearing is a, a necessary part of our constitution. And sex for pleasure will never be morally equivalent with sex for the continuation of the species, period. And people don't want to celebrate that because, to be honest, the stakes are lower. When and you honestly, go and there's, not any, there's nothing to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. You know? And so at the it's end of this hedonism. movie, instead of, instead of a marriage at the end of this movie, because, but, but it's not just marriage in a rom-com. Like, the reason that women like m marriage in these stories is because – they're really after commitment and they want the fairy tale and they, they're looking for the guy to set everything happily right. Ever That's after. Yeah, they want the happily ever after, but why? Why? It's because it's imperative in the human condition that the happily ever after exists so that we can continue to exist. Yep. Exactly. The, the happily ever after the marriage, the wedding scene is a pictographic representation of the continuation of the species and sure mm -hmm. they like the way that it, it makes them feel and and the fact that they could put themselves in the women's shoes and say it might might wow, it be so that day. the entire world configures itself for one day around me and that i get to enter into this this congress with another person who really cares about me and is willing to lay down what is seen as his biological imperative for mine Right, that's mm. that's kind of the the rom com fantasy element, but yeah. the the 
underpinning of that the the psychosexual and psychosocial underpinning of that is that it's the continuation of the species is on the line when you represent the marriage and it's why there's marriage and myth by the way mm. because it's the partnership between men and women that provides for our continued survival and, and that's why the best action movies like the action movies that really stick with you still have a wedding scene yeah. And sometimes it's not the whole bum bum ba bum. Sometimes it is like in The Princess Bride, but which is right. as near perfect a movie I think as there ever will be. But there's also there's also like The Count of Monte Cristo that we talked about on the show. What about in Star Wars you have the relationship between Han and and uh the other one, the chirpy Luke. one who did a bunch of cocaine. Ah. Uh. No, no, uh the one that Leia? were met yeah, Leia, metal bikinis and stuff. So <laughs> you have you have that relationship. You've yeah. got you've got let's uh, in the new, latest Top Gun movie. You've got the will they won't they between. I between, haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen the latest Top Gun movie. Get off the show. No, I uh, know. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I love movies. I don't know why I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but you also have the marriage there, and because it, well, it's told from the man's point of view. Like if you're violent enough, and if you are are good if you are good enough, butt. if you're moral enough and skilled enough then the the goddess herself will open up the future to you right right and that's that's the big idea here and so but but at this story what happens at the end of this story they decide to be monogamous together for three months for th- there's no stakes yeah there are yeah. no stakes and i'm not saying that people shouldn't live the life that they want to live and be who they want to be and that we should stay out. I, I agree i agree with all that i see it all of that ground but but the truth is the truth and the human condition is still the human condition and the moral fabric that our society and our biology mm-hmm. are based upon don't go away because you made a different decision. And when you force people, when you attempt to force people to capitulate to your druthers at the expense of what they know to be true, you will fail. Yep. Well, fail. and this is this is the thing. No matter what you're doing, if your story has higher stakes than another story, it's more interesting. Yep. Right? And so the higher you make those stakes, the more interesting it is. Um, now, how are you going to reach those high stakes. Hmm. There's literally, listen, we all know your Maverick at heart. We all know Obviously. that Rambo pumps through your bloods. We all know that Creed needs to be taken down at the second time. You've already lost once and now it's round two or however they say it in boxing where it's the next time you fight. <laughs> so, and the only you, way you you're are as get there, manly as a loofah. Yeah. The only way you're going to finally take that loofah off the faucet, grab it real hard on its neck, and just shove him into the bottom of the sanitary drain where he can't breathe is to go to heavenexfit.com. What happened to you? <laughs> Sorry, the loofah brought back strange memories. Were you sniffing glue through the entirety of my closing rant? Yes. (laughs) And 
Make sure that uh, loofah. You, you can't see Hunter right now, but his <laughs> nose and mouth area is completely covered in silver spray paint. It's amazing. All I see is chrome. Uh, it's like a, it's like Fortnite season four of chapter three. That one's for all our Fortnite. You players. are the unholy love child of <laughs> of autism and whippets. <laughs> I love it. Um. Anyway, uh, fnxfit.com. <laughs> they support the show. And this nonsense you're hearing come out of my mouth. Uh, check out code Carl Pulling. You get 15% off. It's probably a coupon code. Who cares? You'll figure it out. You're You'll big figure it out. Just big boys and girls. Uh, if you find yourself wanting to go see the movie Bros, don't. That might be hepatitis C. Go get tested. <laughs>